Hello, online community. We're glad you guys are with us today as well. Good morning, everybody. Again, I'm Jeff, and I'm delighted to be uh, among you this morning. Um, I'm going to kick the sermon off in a few minutes. Going, I'm going go to I'm gonna go to Leviticus, and we're going to talk holiness. Woo! How about an amen? <laughs> it's so fun. We, listen, I hope you got your, your thinking caps on. I hope you have some notes ready to go. I hope you have your phone ready to shoot some screenshots of the, the, the notes on the screen, because I am going to preach a sermon that is um, way too ambitious. I'm going to talk till I run out of time, and then we'll go home happy, okay? So that's the plan today. We are going to talk about holiness, and uh, every point in my sermon is an entire sermon series. Not, and so uh, we could do that, but we want to talk about holiness, because we are in this series called Toward a Life in Christ, and it is our mission. It's on the wall. It is what we're about, that we're going to engage with one another and with all spiritually hungry people toward a life in Christ that's inspired, intelligent, and involved. And right so far, we've been talking about this part that's inspired, the heart stuff, the spirit stuff. We're talking about how it is that we move toward Christ. And Ben started this series by talking about being connected to the vine, the, the metaphor in John 15 where we're going to move toward Christ by being, having the life of the Spirit flow through us, being connected to Jesus at all times. We move from there to talk about uh, prayer and how that's talking to God, that's engaging with God, that is walking with God. And that's how we're going to move toward Christ. And then we moved from there to last week, Ben preached on the Holy Spirit and that that is the God, the power of God within us. And so when we get to all that, we're like, great, let's walk with God I come to this topic that is we're going to be followers of Jesus. We have to talk about living a holy life because it matters how we live if we've received the good news. It matters how we live. Okay, somebody want to say that with me? It matters how we live. It matters how we live because we are going to be people who have been rescued by Jesus, who have been wooed by God, who have given our hearts to him, who have received forgiveness for our sin and our brokenness and our transgression have been reunited with God. We've got eternity ahead. Like, this is amazing good news. And so it matters how we live in response to that. Does it not? Last night I was at a wedding of some dear, sweet people who got married. And it's so cute because their life changed forever. The moment they said, I do, they went home together for the first time. And now it matters how they live that out. Everything is different, and they're going to live lives that will honor that commitment and that holy agreement, and it matters how they live. And that's how we're going to talk about in our relationship with Christ. We're going to talk about holiness, and, uh, and so you're in trouble because there's just so much information coming at you and so much scripture, and holiness seems to be a little this uncomfortable for us because we have to maybe deconstruct it a little bit from some of the shame-based dynamics that maybe we've put ourselves in. That, we've, that messages we've given ourselves or even context that we've been in because all of this is gonna be rooted in the good news that he has made us new. And so the life that we've been given is life at its fullest. And we wanna live into that. All right, you with me on this? All right, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Here's right out of, I told you, right out of the gate, Leviticus. This is a great scripture. Right out of the law, Leviticus chapter 20, consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord 
who sanctifies you. Well, holiness is right from the very beginning of the Old Testament. We're starting to get this sense and we, we can learn if you had a Bible with color on every page, one of those study Bibles, you would read about holiness and, and what that means. We'll talk about definition in just a second, but about all the items that were holy and the people that were holy and the animals that were holy and the rituals that were holy. It's a thing in the Old Testament and we start to hear it already and we're like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna love what I'm about to hear on holiness. The New Testament version, as I shared with you, is so full of good news. So here's the Old Testament. The New Testament is the same kind of teaching. First Peter chapter one is a great verse on holiness. He says, those, as obedient children, do you not, oh, okay. Can you hear this fresh? I hope you can hear this fresh. I love how he starts this, as obedient children. In other words, we're children of God. This is a relationship with a perfect father. Our father, the perfect father who is the king, and it's our new identity. And of course, we're going to be the children who want to live. It matters how we live. Did I say that yet, that it matters how we live? Why don't you say that out loud? It matters how we live. It does. Because we're going to live as obedient children. We're going to live into this relationship with God because this is where life is found. As we know, children that persist in disobedience do not have the life that was designed for them. But this is the life that God has given us. So as obedient children, the text says, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. Oh my gosh, already we're like, religious language, blah, 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 blah. Let's, let's deconstruct this. As obedient children, don't live this way. Don't live according to the evil desires, meaning according to the stuff that just comes up, the stuff that isn't of God. We don't just get to live however we wanna live. We don't live according to those evil desires that we had. We had those desires, look at the next line, when we lived in what? Ignorance. Okay, we're like, oh, that seems so negative. I know. Listen, to live in ignorance is to be like, that was before we knew God. And so the teaching of holiness is, this is the good news of the life that you've been given to live with your perfect father, the king. And that means it matters how you live. We can't just live however we want the way we used to live, doing whatever we wanted to do when we didn't know God. Now we do, and that changes everything. You track it on the logic? So this is the teaching of holiness in the scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so let's talk about what that means. Let's talk about, we're gonna go with, we're gonna talk about what holiness is and why it's important, and then how do we pursue it? That's where we're going the rest of the morning, okay? And we got a bunch of scripture. Here we go. What is holiness? I mean, what is God asking of me? What is holiness? What is God asking of me? At this point, even off the bat, I want to introduce another word as well, and that's the word sanctify or sanctification. That's in the Bible, in your English Bibles. You may have read that. You may have heard that big theological term, sanctification. This word holiness and sanctification or to be holy and to, to sanctify, they're very similar words. And here's a definition that might be helpful for you. To make holy or to sanctify is to wash and cleanse, and consecrate. So stop there. To make holy, to sanctify something, is to clean it, to purify it, to cleanse it, and then to consecrate it. Now look at the third line. Consecrating it is to set it aside, solely devoted for a dedicated and special purpose. To make holy is to cleanse or wash or consecrate something, a vessel. To make a vessel holy, including us, is to set it aside, cleansed, washed for a soul devotion to a special purpose, which in our case is to live in, in, uh, under the lordship of Jesus. 
Man, is that not an inspiring language right there? To set it aside solely devoted. That's what holiness means. Solely devoted. Somebody say solely devoted. Yeah, if you get that, you're going to understand the definition of holiness because when we hear it, it's just a big word. It sounds like we should be filled with shame because we're not holy. We're told to be holy like he's holy and we know we're not. And so we don't know what to do with that. But holiness is about being solely devoted for a special purpose. So when Jesus, when the New Testament, the rest of the New Testament, when the Old Testament says, so be holy, it is about us being set aside, solely devoted to the Lordship of Christ. It matters how we live. Did I say that yet? Have I told you that yet? It matters how we live into this new identity that we have. And it's about soul devotion. Now, I have to say a couple things about this, that, um, that in, in terms of our deconstruction and our demystifying it, that are going to be helpful, I hope. First of all, holiness is not just about moral purity, and it is not about sin management. Now, you need to hear this. It's not about sin management. It's not about us going, okay, look, now, it is about morals, and it is about purity, and it is about managing our sin, but it's not about sin management. Put in the context of the good news of Jesus that we've been given this relationship with God, and we are going to move into walking in that relationship with God, into the life that he has called us to live. That is all good news. It matters how we live. We cannot devolve into thinking it's simply about just managing sin and putting on some sort of a moral, uh, bunch of morals that we have to do and then grading ourselves on that. It can't possibly be about that. Now, clearly it's about purity and morals. Do not hear me say that. If you were like, wow, I'm thinking like maybe he's going to give me an out here in a minute. No, that is not going to happen. Because the definition of holiness and sanctification is to cleanse and purify and solely devote. Like it is, I mean, it is about purity and morals and doing what's, what is right. But it can't be just about sin management. And what I mean by that is we go, we kind of look at our lives, we, we see how we measure up, and we're like, great, this week I'm getting a B minus in sin. Good for me. Last week it was a C, right? Or good for me, I'm comparing myself to Rudy, and I'm way better than him, so yay. <laughs> what would the purpose be in living that way? right? This is not about that. We're already forgiven, church. Like, we know we're not perfect. We're already forgiven. So what would the point be in just try to manage our sin and go, I'm doing a little better. I'm doing a little little less better. It's not about trying to figure that out because we're already forgiven. We're already going to be with him forever in eternity. So that can't possibly be what this holiness piece is about. It is about this. It is about Christ permeating every part of our lives. So as we pursue holiness, because it's about being solely devoted in every part of our lives. So all of the the realms of our life, all of our relationships, all of the seasons, all of the choices, everything, it's about being solely devoted to the lordship of Jesus in that place. And so the question, and we never ask ourselves, is this moral? We never ask ourselves, is this more moral than the other choice? We never ask ourselves, am I more pure than I was yesterday? I mean, maybe you do, but that wouldn't be helpful unless we really ask the true question. We don't even ask the question, is it right or is it wrong? Do you hear me though? You you don't even ask the question, is it right or is it wrong? Why? Because you're asking the question, am I now completely devoted to the Lordship of Jesus? 
That's the question that we ask. And that is way harder work. So it is way easier for you to slide back into religion, have a bunch of do's and don'ts, know that you've done 90% of them already and you're pretty good and you're way better than the guy sitting next to you for sure. And then just be like, I'm good. Because to daily, hourly, specifically in every relationship, have to be asking the question, am I solely devoted to the lordship of Jesus in this? Okay, now I know this is where we're asking it to be Jesus freaks. We're asking it to be fanatical. We're asking it to be, this is crazy talk. Because you're like, oh, I gave up doing this and I gave up doing that, so I'm mostly okay. You guys, that is not what it is about. It is not about sin management. It is about being aligned with the lordship of Jesus. Why? Good news, because that's where life is found. That's why we're called to holiness. Wait, did you hear that? I'm gonna say this about 20 more times in my sermon. Why? Because that's where life is found, being aligned with the lordship of Jesus. Okay, I got more to say about that in a minute. I, this, is the cra- this is the crazy stuff to get fanatical about it. Like, I'm going on vacation next week, and I, I kind of was like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go anymore, because like, it seems hard. we're going to do this adventurous thing, and I don't know if I got it in me or whatever. I started looking online about, maybe I could just book a trip to Italy, which would be really easy. Like, that'd be great. A lot of good wine and pasta. Like, that feels right. This other thing, I don't know, and I got other people going with me, and Linda's all stoked, and I'm like, I'm going to let them down, but maybe I'm just going to start playing with my, the air light. The, and in the middle of that, I, and I'm preparing for the sermon, I feel this wave. Am I fully aligned to the Lordship of Jesus? And Jesus is like, will you ask me about whether or not you're supposed to go on this trip or whether you're supposed to change it or not? Because you can't change it if you're not supposed to change it. That's not about morality. That is, am I fully devoted to the Lordship of Jesus? And I said, Lord Jesus, can I just get out of this whole thing? And he said, no. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. I'll see you when I get back. And that's vacation, friends. What about all the other things, how we treat people and what we do with our dollars and how we, we move and, and, and live in this world like fully aligned and devoted to Jesus? That's the question. So let's talk about that. That's the, that the definition of it. Not am I moral, not am I, is this right, but am I devoted and aligned with the way of Jesus? So why? Why is holiness important then? Let's look at this. I want you to, um, and, well, here's the answer. Here's, there's a short answer. So if you don't hear anything else I'm saying, why is holiness important? Because it's the new you and it's the real you. When you said yes to Jesus, the scriptures say you put on your new self, being renewed in knowledge in the image of the creator. When you said yes to Jesus, the old was gone and the new has come. You are a new creation. And that new creation is designed to walk and to live in the presence and the plan of Jesus. And so holiness is where life is found for you. That's who you are now. And so when we go off into unholiness, the Lord says to us, that's not you. What are you doing? And we align ourselves solely dedicated to the lordship of Jesus. That's, so why is, why is holiness important? Because it is the new and the real you. That is where life has found, is found. And I'm gonna, in a second, I'm gonna show you a scripture that there's a corollary to that because you're actually dead to sin. It's no longer your master. You're like, sin, oh boy, we're really doing all the religious words. Yes, let's talk about sin. Here's the definition of sin. Sin is living outside the presence and the plan of God. 
And that's not you anymore. That's not what you were made for. You were made to live inside the presence and the plan of God. That's the new you. That's the real you. And that's where life is found. Sin is living outside the presence and the plan of God, but that is no longer who you are. You were made for life inside the presence and the plan of God. Look at a couple verses with me on this. Romans chapter six, I have on the screen. What should we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Now, what's this about? What's this? You may even be super familiar with these verses. I hope this is fresh to you. I'm reading in a whole new translation of the Bible right now so that in my own time with the Lord, um, it's fresh. The words are fresh. Are you with me? And when we start talking theology, you really got to dig down deep and, and, and read it. What should we say then? What's Paul saying? Paul's talking to the Romans. He's making an argument about the incredible good news of Jesus that comes, the grace of God is a free gift. And you can't earn it, and it's given for free, and you accept it, and there's no cost to you except to surrender your life to the lordship of Jesus. This is the good news. And because it's not sin management, Jesus is not going, oh, good thing you didn't get hit by a bus today because you wouldn't have made it this week. That is never what the gospel is about. Wait, I'm just realizing the Holy Spirit's just like telling me right now to pause on that thought. You understand that's, I hope you understand this good news. You don't week to week, man, trying to manage your sin, trying to figure out where you land, wondering what your grade's gonna be at the end of the week, having to stand for some oral exam, and at the end he's like, yeah, no, not so good, so good thing the world's not ending right now because you wouldn't have made it. That's not the good news. The good news is the unconditional grace of God by the work of Jesus on the cross has provided unlimited free instant access to all of the presence of God. It's a free gift. Not by work so that anybody could boast about it, but because you've been given a gift. So that's the good news, right? The gospel is a gift. So, of course, Christians all the way back in Paul's day, including you and me and everybody else in today's day, was like, wow, that's great news. So then can we just keep on sinning and praise God for his grace? No, because it matters how you live. As obedient children, we're not going to live in ignorance anymore. We're going to live into this relationship. It matters how we live. So Paul said to the Romans, so what should we say? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And his answer is no way, by no means. And then here's his logic. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? It's not us. It's not what life, where life is found. It's not what we are now created to do. Verse three, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him. Our life is gone. Our old life is dead, right? Through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. Our new life, our new you, our, the real you is not to live into sin, but is to live into holiness. Why? Because it's good news. Ready? Why? Because that's where life is found. This is not about, why don't you be the worst, unhappiest people in the whole world because of all the morals that Christianity has? That's not what it's about. It's about all oh, the new you is to live in submission, solely devoted to the lordship of Jesus. And that's where life is found. I like, think about it this way. So holiness, sanctification, you guys, the other word for it in the scriptures is godliness. That's the opposite of godlessness. Holiness and sanctification is godliness, the opposite of godlessness. In fact, you could say this way, it's God-withness, which is exactly what you were designed to do, which was be connected to the vine so that you walk with God and his life and all the fruit of the Spirit flow through you and aligned with him, 
you are in the middle of God's will, in the middle of his purpose for you. Isn't that not incredible news? So we're like, oh, holiness, oh, it sounds like such a hard teaching. No, you guys, it's because that's what you were designed for was the life that he flowed to be with him. So why is holiness important? What are we talking about? It's because we're designed for God withness. We're designed to walk with God. I don't really have time for this, but I'm gonna do this. Listen, I... Holiness is about consecrating the deepest places of our heart, setting them aside to line up, to be aligned with the will of God that we might find everything our human soul is longing for. Holiness is about aligning ourselves, taking our deepest questions. Am I lovable? Am I capable? Am I worth it? Do I have anything to offer? Is there purpose in my life? Is, can peace be found? Can I be a person at rest? Is joy a real thing? Holiness is aligning our deepest questions and bringing them into the presence of God and being connected to the vine that he might answer those questions. Isn't that a beautiful way to look at it? And unholiness is taking the deepest questions and being godless about it and taking those deepest questions and then taking them to false loves that can never satisfy or answer what we're longing for. We look for love and acceptance and peace and relief and security in all the wrong places. And Jesus has said, if anybody's thirsty, you come to me and springs of living water will flow from within you. He's the answer to all our deepest longings. So why would we go away from it? Why would we seek holiness elsewhere? I mean, all those things, peace and joy and all that kind of stuff, outside of holiness, out of right living, out of living under the lordship of Jesus. Why would we seek those other things? Because life is hard. And when life gets hard and we don't see relief, we begin to believe the lies of the enemy that says, see, look at God doesn't see you. He doesn't care about you. Just grab some relief wherever you can find it. Settle for less. And he gets us in a cycle of taking our question to things that will never answer it. But holiness has taken the deepest longings into the very presence of Jesus because that's where life is found. So we align ourselves with him. That's why holiness is important because all that we're actually looking for is found in walking in God withness. You with me? Not enough people shook their heads. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> That's what holiness is. That's why it's important. And then last, let's look at some ancient wisdom around how we pursue holiness. Because I hope that I've painted the picture that it's what we're looking for. It's what we're longing for. It's not sin management. It's not feeling shame. It's not being judged. It's about being like, man, Lord, I want your way and your life. So I will walk with you solely devoted. That's what holiness is. So how do we do that? What's that look like? Here's some ancient wisdom, and this is all from the Word on how we pursue holiness. The first thing that comes to mind is there's scriptures teach that we're going to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're going to throw off sin. We're active agents in this, you guys. 
We're not like, well, I'm happy to walk in holiness, but man, I don't really think to, and it's kind of easier not to, and so I just kind of go living how I used to live. That's the version of Paul saying to the Romans, what should we say? Should we just keep on sinning because grace is abounding? No siree, Bob, cattail, he says. That is not a thing. You don't do that. You don't live that way. You actually throw off sin. You live intentionally. You don't live like you, you did before you understood who God was. And so there's this active engagement. Philippians chapter two is a, where, where I get this language. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, he says to the Philippian church, and not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Pastors love this because I'm always like, your life looks really good when you're at church and hanging out with Pastor Jeff. That's awesome. But now obey, not just when you're with me, but when you're in my absence, uh, I mean, away from me, how much more my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out with fear and trembling. There's a holy, healthy fear from the God who loves us, who made us, who created life to be lived a certain way. The risk of losing, uh, not our salvation, but of losing life as it was designed to be because we've just turned away from God out of shaking our boots. The things that we're longing for, the peace and security and joy and all those things only come through Christ. It should terrify us. We should live in fear and trembling that we're not going to access that and that we're going to settle for less than that. So he says to the Philippian church, so continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And there's a famous verse in Hebrews that also says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, meaning there's people that have gone before you that have lived this way, they've found life, you guys, it works. We're tapped into the ancient wisdom. Some of them have gray hair and are in this room. Since we're surrounded by people who've tried this and it's worked, the author of Hebrews says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles because it's not who you are. We're partners in this. We actively go, I'm not gonna live like that. That's not who I am. That's not where life is found. I'm giving my heart to a false lover and it cannot satisfy. I am submitting myself solely devoted to Jesus. Throw off Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles. That's how we pursue holiness. Second thought comes to mind from the ancient wisdom in the scriptures. Be filled with the spirit for he's the one that sanctifies. He's the one that makes us holy. He does it. It's his power that does it. We actually don't sanctify ourselves. You know that? We actually don't cleanse ourselves. We actually trust in the spirit's power for strength to make good decisions for the inner transformation that, that actually changes us, not just like, few, once out of 10, I didn't make the bad decision. Like, no, we need power to be transformed. And it's the spirit that does that. Look at this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Now you see the word sanctify, you're like, oh, I do see that word in the Bible. Yes, and that's what it means, right? To cleanse, to be solely devoted. May God himself do that to you all the way through. Your whole spirit, your soul, and your body, may it be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And everybody, this church now, read with me verse 24, even if you're at home, right in front of your computer, read it out loud. The one who calls you is faithful. And? Is that not great news? He'll do it. He'll do it. I don't have time to go back to look at some of the other scriptures that we already looked at. The scripture we just looked at in Philippians chapter two. Remember it says, for it's God who works in you 
to will and to act and fulfill his good purpose. The first verse we looked at in Leviticus said, for I am the one who sanctifies you. This is the God who does his work. And so the calling on us, how do we pursue holiness is that we lean into the presence of the spirit because he's the one that changes us. And that simply, my friends, is about being connected to the vine. I know we're a broken record. I know we're a broken record. I know we're a broken record. But we walk with God every day. We walk in the spirit every day. That is being connected to the vine so the life of Jesus flows through us and we're changed. So that's where life is found. So when we say be holy, it's not, we really don't mean we really are about sin management and you guys need to do better. That's not what we're talking about. We're like, let's connect to the vine. Let's connect to the vine. Let's connect to the vine. And we will lean into the work of the spirit who does that changing. And by the way, how many times have I said by the way already in today's sermon? By the way, spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, they're the beginning of that. Because the spiritual disciplines, when we say, hey, let's try fasting. Hey, let's try prayer. Hey, let's, that is about us getting in the way of the spirit. That's not you doing magic. That's not you putting yourself in a place where, where, where you accomplish something. We're, we're doing, we practice prayer, not because then we're like, oh, if I pray well enough, God's going to actually act. We practice prayer because we're putting ourselves in the way of the spirit, we're putting ourselves in the in, in the midst of the spirit. We're leaning into saying, Holy Spirit, you, I need you in my life. I want your fruit in my life. And that's where transformation comes. He's the one that does the work. So, so far, work out your salvation. This is how we pursue holiness. Work it out. You throw off sin. You partner with God. You do some of the, make some of the hard choices. Secondly, you be filled with the spirit for he's the one that sanctifies you. And thirdly, you do not live ignorant of what you know to be most true. And this is what I mean by this. If we had time, we'd go back through. I'll just look at one quick verse, 1 Peter, that we looked at at the very beginning of the sermon. Remember, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you, what? Lived in ignorance. There is this piece of not remembering the truth that correlates with us continuing to live in unholy ways rather than in holy ways. There's something about ignorance, and what it's trying to say is, let's remember what is true. Here's what is true that God made you and delights in you as his children. This is what's true, that he sent his son Jesus to reconcile all of us to himself. This is what is true, that that costs us nothing, but it costs him everything, and that we can enter into his presence absolutely because of grace and freedom. Isn't that incredible news? This is what is true. And so the, 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 the point that we're making in this thing is that we can't live in what's, we can't live ignorant of what is most true and keep, entering in, being reminded to enter into holiness, we won't do it. We'll keep forgetting. And so this is a celebrating what is most true. I don't have time to look at that verse. Uh, you can skip that, Alex, but over and over and over again in the scriptures, there's this thing about know what's true. Don't be ignorant anymore. Don't live like God doesn't exist. Don't live like people who don't know God. You do, you do, you do, and it's the new you, and it's where life is found. So rehearse the truth. That's why we're like, um, are you in the word every day? Because the scriptures, Jesus actually said it. Sanctify them, Father. Praying for us, sanctify them. Grow them, make them holy. Set them apart. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So we get in the word to remember what's most true.
Okay, I'm out of time. Dan, you guys come up, but listen. So look at, look at the list here. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Be filled with the spirit he sanctifies. Do not live ignorant of what is most true. Take your deepest questions to God. I want to talk about this. I don't have time. I want to talk about this. I don't have time. Take your deepest questions to God. Am I worthy? Am I valuable? Do I have purpose? We take those to God. We do not take those other places. We do not offer our souls to another. Why is it that when I'm longing for relief from how difficult the world is, as opposed to trusting in the work of God in my life, trusting in the Spirit of God to bring the fruit of the Spirit, which is peace and rest. Instead of doing that, I would rather have a lot of carbs and alcohol. (laughs) Why do we take our questions? Why do we take our longings? In our loneliness, many of us have taken that question to all the wrong people. You with me? We take our deepest longings to God. That's what walking in holiness is. Why? Because then you're miserable? No, because actually that's where you find life. And last, I just need to challenge and encourage us about this. This is maybe some take-home homework. Engage the spiritual practices. This is how we pursue holiness. Engage the spiritual practices of reflection and confession and submission. It's all one idea where we as new creations in Christ get alone with God and we go, am I solely devoted to him in this area and this thing that I'm doing and this Jesus, am I yours? Am I aligned with you? That's reflection. And confession is, I see where I'm giving my heart to false lovers. I see where I'm content to settle for less and not live a holy life because I just want something now or something quick or some relief and I'm not gonna bring that to you. And submission says, that is not me. That is not the new me. That is not the real me. And I do not want it in my life. And I come to you, Jesus, for life and life at its fullest. That's the discipline of reflection and confession and submission. You guys, holiness is a long road. It's a long road. And it's a tough road. Because the easy way is like a downstream flow. But it's the right road. And it's the only road that leads to life. And it will require so much grace and patience for yourself, the same kind of grace and patience that Jesus already has for you. And it will require so much grace and patience for other people along the journey with you. But it's the only road that leads to life. And so I'll leave you with this challenge and encouragement that I got from our custodian, Hector, this week, who said, what am I willing to fight for? What am I willing to do the hard work on? It's to be aligned fully with Jesus and nothing else. That's the pursuit of holiness. May God grace you as you pursue it. Let's respond in worship together by standing.